Our last recording, we gave a brief overview of Seder Nashim, of the entire category of the different tractates found within Nashim, the world of relationships, forbidden relationships, uh, marriage, that which is allowed, how does marriage work, and we discussed that in the last recording. Right now, we are going to have an introduction of, a brief introduction to Yevamos itself. We discussed briefly the mitzvah of Yibam, and that the mitzvah of Yibam is in the scenario where uh, when uh, a there's a couple and the husband passes away and they don't have any children, and that the husband, the deceased husband, has a brother, and then there's a mitzvah to do either Yibam or Chalitza. Yibam is, is either the act of the a brother who is alive marrying his sister-in-law, or they could do the act of chalitza, which is, I guess, somewhat similar. We'll obviously go through this in greater detail, but somewhat similar to getting divorced. That it requires an action of getting divorced, where if either the brother doesn't want to do yibum, or if the wife of the deceased doesn't want to do yibum, they don't want to marry. So then they could go through a process called chalitza, which is what happens today. Today, uh, at least in Ashkenazic circles, uh, we, we say that they should go through chalitza as we discussed in the last recording. Now, Yevamos, the tractate of Yevamos is, has, it's a very fascinating, interesting mesechta. There's a lot of interesting topics in this tractate, but it also is challenging. It's a bit challenging for the following reasons. One reason as to why it's challenging is just that technically it's a very long tractate. If we do a page a week, a daf a week, so then it'll take about two years to complete. So it takes, uh, it's not as short as Chagiga, it's uh, longer than Chagiga, but you know, hopefully we will have the, uh, the desire and the will to complete it and we will be committed towards completing it, and after two years we will have a tremendous celebration in the completion of Yevamos together. In addition to that, in addition to the length, it is also challenging because a lot of it is discussing different family structures of different types of marriages, also between, you know, uh, uncles and uh, nieces and uh, one brother marrying the mother-in-law of a different brother, and all these different scenarios. And so it's just it gets to be a little complicated to just have the picture in your mind. So it's best to have different charts, which makes it a lot easier, and different pictures. Our tool definitely helps in that area as well. So those are different reasons as to why it is challenging, but it's also it is a very interesting tractate both in terms of topics and conceptual analysis of, which we hope to get through, of the different topics. Okay, why was Yavamus chosen as the first Masechta, as the first tractate in this Seder, in this uh, entire Seder of Nashim, of discussing different types of relationships? Why specifically Yavamus? So there are a lot of different answers that are given. I really just want to focus on two answers because I think these two answers uh, then allow us to explain further uh, uh, within the introduction of this Masechta, of this tractate of Yevamos. 
One answer that's given is that Yevamos, the mitzvah of Yibam, is actually the earliest mitzvah when it historically, uh, when it comes to the different mitzvahs between men and women and relationships in terms of marriage and things like that. It is the earliest mitzvah that we find in the Torah. As we mentioned in the last recording, the mitzvah, the our rabbis, Chazal, tell us that the mitzvah was given to Avram. Avram, because he saved Lot, he had this act of chesed, which we'll get back to, this act of chesed that he did, this kindness that he did to Lot to save Lot, and he had the purest of intentions, he didn't want anything back, and as a result of that, Chazal tell us that we, uh, the Jewish people, we merited to have the mitzvah of Yibam, which is a similar idea. The mitzvah of Yibam is uh, an act of chesed within the family, uh, one brother to his brother and sister-in-law, and it's an act of chesed within the family, and also that you need the purest of intention. So it starts, goes all the way back to Avram. But then the act as, as a merit to what Avram uh, did to save Lot. But then the actual concept of Yibam comes up a little bit later in Sefer Bracious and Bracious itself within the whole story of Yehuda and Tamar. Within that whole story, uh, Tamar was the daughter-in-law of Yehuda and uh, one son passes away. So Tamar uh, then falls to Yibam to one of the brothers and uh, she then does Yibam to one of the brothers and then there's another bro- and then that brother dies and then she falls to Yibam that she would then have to do Yibam to another brother and there's a whole story there but in the end Tamar takes uh, they don't end up getting they don't end up performing Yibam they don't end up getting married and Tamar takes matters into her own hand and essentially has relations has married relations with Yehuda, with her father-in-law. And so here, it's interesting because it's not a brother-in-law, but this is the father-in-law, and this is a story which took place before the receiving of the Torah, but there's this idea of, even if it's not the brother-in-law, if it's just uh, any family connection, that uh, they could perform this mitzvah of Yibam. They could perform this act of kindness of Yibam, from the father-in-law to the daughter-in-law. This is, again, this is all before the receiving of the Torah. After the receiving of the Torah, the only way you can perform this mitzvah is from the brother of the deceased to his sister-in-law by marrying, by performing this act of Yibam to his sister-in-law. But the concept itself already exists from before we received the Torah on Har Sinai, on Man Sinai. It exists within the story of Yehuda and Tamar, which was already in Sefer Bracious, before the Jewish people even went down to Mitzrayim, went down to Egypt. Okay, so historically it's very, very early. Also, we have uh, the whole story of Rus, the Megillah of Rus, which we're going to have in a week. We're, we're supposed to read it in a week over Shavuos. That story really centers around this concept of Yibum as well, um, within that story. So historically, it was the earliest mitzvah between, uh, within relationships between uh, a man and a woman. There is another reason, another uh, reason that's given as to why we start off with the mitzvah of Yibam as opposed to any other mitzvah discussing marriage and the like. And this other idea is as follows. The idea is that Yibam is the only uh, Marriage, which is ordained by Hashem. Before we get to discuss marriages, which a person decides on their own that they want to enter into this uh, relationship, 
But when it comes to Yibam, when a man dies without children, and they are put into a situation where the brother then uh, should perform, there's the mitzvah to perform Yibam to his sister-in-law, uh, this is a, it's a tragic situation. They, the man dies without children, but at the end of the day, it's a marriage which is ordained by Hashem. Hashem said that this should take place. Yibim, ideally, Yibim should take place. If Yibim can't take place for whatever reason, so then you perform Chalitza, the way out, which is Chalitza. But ideally, the marriage should take place, and it's ordained by Hashem. It's not decided between two people, but Hashem said that they should get married. And so, therefore, this mitzvah comes first because this was a decision decided by Hashem that ideally uh, these two people should get married. And so, what is this idea that what, what did have Hashem have in mind when he when he said that these two people should get married, that they should continue on the brother of the deceased and his sister-in-law and the wife of the deceased? What exactly is the idea behind it? So the the Sefer Achinach, uh, one of the uh, commentaries who wrote, uh, he wrote the entire 613 mitzvahs, the list of the 613 mitzvahs. He also, for each mitzvah, often he gives a reasoning behind the mitzvah. Not that this is the only reasoning, but there's probably there can be more to the mitzvah itself. But he gives one aspect to the mitzvah, and he says it beautifully in the Hebrew. And I'm going to translate it. He says that in a marriage where we had here, where we had the wife and the husband, the husband who died, but within that marriage, so they become like one. She becomes, like they become like one entity, just like what we have between Adam and Eve. Literally, she 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 came from him. From If you go through the story of Adam and Chava, uh, she stems from his limbs. She came out from his limbs, and they really are like one physical unit. And they're also one uh, conceptual unit, not just physically that Chava came from Adam, but they are viewed. They're viewed as one unit. And then the the husband passes away without any children. So they don't have any children and the husband passes away. So then the only uh, existence of this person comes from his wife. His wife really, rep- they still are viewed as one unit. He's no longer alive. But his wife represents this unit which they created. And he's no longer around to be a part of that unit. And so what we do through Yibam, explains the the, the Sefer HaChanach. What we do through Yibam is that we try to continue on with that unit, with that legacy. And this, he explains that this was a chesed from Hashem. This was a kindness of Hashem to allow his name to be continued. It's as though... The deceased's name is, is is continued through the children. In a situation, in a marriage where they had children, so then his name is continued through his own children. But when he, in, a, in the tragic scenario where he passes away without any children, and it's just his wife who retains that identity of the unit of that marriage, so then there's this mitzvah to continue on his legacy, the legacy of that unit, of that marriage, and also the legacy of that person, that that person, it should continue, and we should they should attempt to continue to have children, and the way that's accomplished is by marrying his brother. By marrying his brother, if they, they could then have children, and then continue on, the continuation of his name. And that's what the Sefer HaChanach explains, is one perspective behind this mitzvah of Yibam.
The, the Ramban, Nachmanides, also explains that there are various Kabbalistic secrets behind this concept of Yibam, of the continuation of the family through Yibam. And uh, he says it's, it's based on Kabbalistic ideas as well. Just to read, where does this come in the Torah? Actually, in the Torah as a mitzvah after we receive the Torah in Harsinai. It comes in the book of Devarim. It comes up in Devarim, in Sefer Devarim. In the 25th chapter, Perkhafei, in the 4th Pasuk. You can see this, you can look at the Chumash and see it inside. It's in chapter 25, Perkhafei, Pasuk Dalad. And the Pasuk says, When you have brothers who, I'm just going to read the translated into the English. When you have brothers who dwell together and one of them dies and he has no child, the wife of the deceased shall not marry outside to a strange man. There is a prohibition for the wife to go and marry somebody else before she either does Yibam, where she marries the brother-in-law, or she does Chalitza. But until that time happens, she's, she's not allowed to marry uh, anybody else. And her brother-in-law shall come to her and take her to himself as a wife and perform this mitzvah of Yibam. And we say, and it shall be that the firstborn, if she can bear, shall succeed to the name of his dead brother, so that his name not be blotted out from Israel, so that they continue the name of the deceased essentially. But if the man will not wish to marry his sister-in-law, then his sister-in-law shall ascend to the gate to the elders and she shall say, this is now the the performance of Chalitza, which we'll also get into much later in the tractate in the Masechta, but we will discuss the mitzvah of Chalitza. And she should say, my brother-in-law has refused to establish a name for his brother in Israel. He did not consent to perform the Yibam with me. And it describes what happens during Chalitza. And so that's found in Parakhafei in the beginning of chapter 25. One last point is that within this uh, within this Masechta, there is also a lot of conceptual analysis, a lot of uh, lumdus background within within this Masechta. And part of that centers around this concept that the, the brother of the deceased to his sister-in-law, while the brother was alive, he's actually forbidden to, uh, certainly he's forbidden to be with, to marry his sister-in-law. The sister-in-law is already married to his brother. But even if, let's say in a scenario where uh, the they had children, the deceased uh, and his wife, they have children, and meaning before he died, they have children, and then he dies. So then he's still, he's, the, the brother now is still forbidden to marry his sister-in-law. There's a, there's a prohibition for a brother to mar- for this person to marry his sister-in-law. There's a biblical prohibition, and there's an Isra Deraisa to marry the sister-in-law when they have children. So now, how is it possible that all of a sudden, now that they don't have children, what exactly is taking place conceptually when they don't have children, that all of a sudden, we get rid of this prohibition to marry your own sister-in-law, to have relations with your own sister-in-law? How does that happen? Just because there's this mitzvah, there's this positive commandment to perform the mitzvah of Yibam, but there's also a negative commandment. There's a prohibition to marry your sister-in-law. So there seems to be this clash here between the two. And so we're going to constantly come back to this uh, to this issue that there's conceptually what exactly is taking place and uh, different Gemaras, different passages in the Gemara will will lead to different conclusions. And so this is, this is one issue that keeps on coming up over and over again. There are different issues that keep that keep on coming up within the conceptual analysis of this mitzvah of Yibam. But again, there's other other topics that also come up, as we mentioned in the last recording, within the entire Masechta, as it's true with every Masechta, there's always tangents, and it discusses also the, 
all, almost all of the laws of Geras, of conversion, come up in this Masechta. The mitzvahs of Puravu, to procreate, comes up in this Masechta in the tractate. So there's a lot of different fascinating discussions besides for the mitzvah of Yibam, which is also fascinating. But there's a, a lot to discuss within this Masechta. So hopefully next week we will, uh, God willing, begin this Masechta of Yivamos.